Welcome to the Bethel Church Austin Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Pastor Joaquin Evans. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com. Oh, thank you, Jesus. It feels really good in here. My goodness, how good was worship? Can we, can we give it up for the worship team one more time? And... Let them know how good that was. Thank you, Jesus. It feels like, it feels kind of heavenly in here. Wow. I feel, I just feel the love of the Father. I feel his miracle grace in the room. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. Aren't you glad that when we give him praise, he draws near? Thank you, Jesus. So, What an exciting time that we're living in. God's doing so much stuff. Testimonies. I mean, how incredible is that scoliosis testimony Renee just shared from from last night? I mean, incredible stuff is happening. Um, It's all stirred up in here. I I wasn't here last week, but it feels like like a Seth Fawcett visit must have happened while I was gone. And... uh, how many people were here last week for Seth Fawcett? How many people got to upgrade last week? I saw pictures of the fire tunnel wrapping around the whole building. And <clears throat> thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> so good. But we were in uh, England, and, uh, and a couple people came with me. Um, my dad came with me, who you're going to hear from in a second. And uh, Shane and Stacy Harris came with me, and we got to minister into a church that we love good friends of ours. Aren't you glad that God is doing incredible things all over the planet? That, you know, we are currently living in the greatest revival the world has ever known. You know, the only difference between what God is doing right now and moves of God, revivals in the past, is that revivals of the past were isolated to one city or one region, you know, Azusa Street or the Welsh Revival. But what God's doing now, he's doing it the globe over. Like, heaven is exploding all over the planet. So we just got to partner with with some friends. I've been going there for um, 11, 10, 11 years. And when I first started going, my first visit there, they were 120 people uh, meeting in a, a rundown elementary school gymnasium. That elementary school doesn't even exist anymore. And, uh, and the, the leaders came over to Bethel Reading, and they spent three months, and uh, the pastor is also a medical doctor, and uh, he really had a heart for healing. So he came and just said, can I connect with the healing rooms and what you guys are doing? And so he just tagged into everything we were doing for three months and received an impartation and went home and, uh, and started a healing center, but miracles have broken out over their church in incredible ways over the last uh, 10 years, and they now are uh, close to a 1,000 people. The uh, gymnasium they were meeting in was so run down, the building doesn't exist anymore. They tore that school down. But the church now is in a brand-new state-of-the-art building that they built in partnership with the city outside of London. They were given the land, and they built the building, and it's a civic auditorium as well as the church. So they have city council meetings in there, and they, and they have uh, events in there, uh, but, the, but the church runs it. And they, they opened a healing rooms, 
And over the last 10 years, they've documented all of the miracles, cases, and follow-up, because they're all birds of a feather flock together. So this doctor, this pastor is a doctor, and his uh, leader of his healing rooms is a doctor. The associate leader of the healing room is a nurse. And so they've documented in medical fashion everything that has happened with follow-up, how much a decrease in medication, decrease in doctor's visits, decrease in surgeries, all of this stuff. And they, they have just been, uh, in the last year, they got accredited through the National Health Association of England as an, uh, as an alternative treatment uh, option for people. And doctors can literally, can literally uh, recommend visits to have pamphlets and send them to their healing center. Uh, it's incredible, and and they have they started what they call heaven in healthcare, and uh, we're we're planning on bringing that here to to Austin. But they do an event, they do an event where they gather medical professionals from all over um, all over the country, all over the UK. But people are starting to come from from Europe and abroad, and they they just infuse them with heaven. And uh, something powerful is happening in this, in this realm, and, and they give them practical training on, hey, here's, here's what's actually legal as far as praying for people, as far as asking about uh, faith and spiritual backgrounds, and it's, there's, a lot more, uh, there, there's a lot more that's legal than people realize. So they bring all this training, but then we also pump them with heaven, the prophetic. Here's how you pray for the sick. Here's how to understand the presence of God. And these doctors and nurses and dentists and medical professionals are going, they're exploding heaven all through the medical profession in the UK. And their their testimonies are insane. And I mean, we're not, we're talking about a, a doctor who runs who is one of the head trainers in the largest uh, teaching hospital in England. Thank you, Jesus. I mean, it just, and they're coming back with not little, you know, little testimonies. They're coming back with testimonies of people being raised from the dead. People with incurable things being completely healed because heaven wants every sphere of influence. God is on the move, and, uh, and so we did all these things, and we did, um, uh, we did a, a healing uh, conference as well, and uh, my dad came along, and he saw so many crazy miracles while he was with us. I want him to come and share. You know my dad, Jim, he runs our Activate classes and the Transformation Center, so I you bless my dad as he comes to, to share with us. Uh, thanks, guys. It was so amazing to be over there and see so many um, crazy people, and the majority of them being doctors. We have a <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it it was absolutely amazing. <clears throat> you know, um, it's crazy. Um, went all the way, crossed the pond to England, and guess what? Holy Spirit was already there. He travels well, amen? Joaquin asked me to share a few testimonies, 
And I wanted to talk about uh, so many, we saw so many deaf ears open over there. It was amazing. And um, the first one, the one that really kicked it off, I, I, this little couple, they're probably around 80 years old. And they asked me to pray for the wife who had MS. So I prayed for her, and she said, the thing that really bothers me is my balance is so off, you know. I can't walk without this walker. So we said, okay, well, well, let's see what God will do. So we prayed for her, and first she took a few tentative steps with the walker. She didn't want to trust it, and and her husband and I were behind her like, (laughs) we had big faith, right? Anyway, she was so fragile. Anyway, um, so she started walking. Then she, she, she let the walker go, and she walked to the stage, and then she walked back. And then she, she pushed her walker aside, and she walked over to her chair and stood there. And I said, aren't you going to sit down? She said, no, I'm going to stand up. She stood up for the rest of the service. And then her husband said, well, can you pray for me? I said, well, sure. What's, what's going on? He said, well, I, I was born deaf in my left ear. <laughs> Come on, Jesus. So I said, so, you, so explain. He said, well, the membrane, now some of you medical people might be able to explain it better, but he said the membrane in my ear was 10 times as thick as it should have been. So it doesn't vibrate with sound. So I can't hear anything. I said, okay, well, let's test it out. So I tested it, and I got back about 12 feet. I was snapping my fingers, and he couldn't hear it. I said, okay, so we prayed, released healing. <clears throat> so I said, well, put your hand over your, your good ear, your right ear, and don't look at me. I want you to look away, and then let's see what happens. I kept snapping my fingers, snapping my fingers, snapping. <laughs> I got about 20, 25 feet away. I couldn't go back any further. I said, hey, hey. Oh, because he kept raising his hand every time he could hear me, right? He turned around. He saw how far away I was from him. I mean, he just lost it, man. Come on. Death from birth. Death from birth. In the middle of the sanctuary where all these people were that were talking and and praising and, and making all this noise, this man could hear me well over 20 feet away simply snapping my fingers. Come on. Let's give glory to God. And that just started it off. After that, we probably saw another three or four deaf ears open. Um, I mean, just right in a row, and uh, God was, was so amazingly good. There was a, a lot more that happened. Uh, we don't want to take up too much more time, but it was an amazing time. And I just got to say, guys, it doesn't matter. Holy Spirit is everywhere, and there's hunger everywhere. You know, even in the U.K., where they're supposed to be reserved and, you know, tentative. <laughs> there was one time joy broke out. And we tried to get the meeting back to order. It probably took us, what, a good 10 minutes to get everybody settled down because joy. I mean, they were hugging each other and laughing and just giving praise to God. It was an amazing time. So glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. So good. Hey, why don't you open your Bibles to John chapter 1. Thank you, Jesus. How many people are in love with Jesus? (laughs) <laughs> How many people love the Word of God? <clears throat> you know, uh, 
I'm, I'm so excited about what God is doing here in Austin, in this church, but around, around the globe. God's just doing incredible things, and he's pouring himself out and revealing himself in greater and greater measure all the time. I believe that we're on the, the precipice. Of, we're experiencing something amazing. I believe we're on the precipice of something profound. And God's taking us from glory to glory. And uh, we're, we are a, a house after revival. No, no apologies about it. No, uh, no plan B. No second gear. We just, that's, that's what it is. We're going after it. But how many people know that revival has to be grounded in the Word of God? And uh, so I actually want to talk about the Word of God and revival tonight. Thank you, Jesus. You got less excited about that. Anybody excited about the role of the Word in revival? And the Word as the foundation of revival. If you're in John 1, just say, I love Jesus. John 1, 1 says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Again, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Thank you, Jesus. You know, I pray that as God continues to expand, as He continues to deepen, as He continues to do what He's doing in our midst, which is pretty amazing stuff. Thank you, Jesus. I could feel, I could feel His power right now, and God's, God's going to break out in the house, in the, in the room here tonight. I can feel it. There's an anointing, uh, the, the power of the testimony, but there's an anointing for deafness and hearing loss in the room right now. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. Uh, there is an anointing for that. I also had a word of knowledge for uh, inner ear, like equilibrium conditions as well, that God is healing tonight. Thank you, Jesus. I I heard I heard um, gird, um, but I, I but I actually saw like a whole uh, something like um, an ulcer or something, but severe kind of reflux uh, or ulcer type condition. God's healing that tonight. Thank you, Jesus. His goodness. Tonight is the night that cancer dissolves and bows bows its knee to Jesus. I saw head trauma disappearing and conditions and symptoms associated to trauma, the head disappearing in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. And, uh, whew. <laughs> Whoa. In the beginning was the word. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa, thank you, Jesus. 
And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Let's just let the Word just settle in over us. The miracle anointing of God is, is in the house. And, and I actually, even I, as I speak it out, I see, I call that head trauma, but I see migraines, and I see uh, cross vision uh, disappearing in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Wow. We mentioned the other, the other a couple months ago, two months ago, a lady in Alabama was, was healed of that, <clears throat> college educated, but hadn't, she fell, hit her head, hadn't been able to read in two years because her eyesight would go crossed whenever she tried to read and blurry, but in a moment, God healed her, and she came to church the next day. She says, I'm, I'm college educated. I haven't been able to read in two years but I've, I was reading this morning and said the only thing that slowed me down from reading this morning was the tears at the revelation, the reality of what God had done for her. <clears throat> we're going we're gonna to let the word settle in, and then we're going to go after those things that we just called out, and maybe a couple more things at the end. If that sounds good to you. Say, come on, Jesus. <laughs> In the beginning was the Word. We want to talk about the Word. You know, in, in Hebrews 1, it says that, that Jesus is the perfect image, the express likeness of the Father. The express likeness or the perfect image or the perfect representation of the Father. Jesus is the express image of the Father. But I tell you, the Word is the express image of Jesus. That nothing was created that wasn't created by him. Thank you, Jesus. In the beginning was the word, and we're going we're gonna to talk about the word, but, but my heart's desire is that as we go deeper in revival, deeper into his presence, deeper into breakthroughs, deeper into operating in sonship, identity, royalty, that that it all it is all that it's grounded in the word and that we have a growing love affair with the word of god thank you jesus cuz listen we can have we can have revival but you can't have sustained revival without a love affair with the word thank you jesus how many people know that, that the catalyst of revival isn't all supposed to come from this microphone or from this platform it's supposed to be from a, the people of god who know God, who are intimate with God, who understand his ways, who hear his voice, know how to operate with him, run with him, be friends with him. Thank you, Jesus. That I'm excited about where God is taking us. And having a love affair with his word is key as we get there. Thank you, Jesus. Hmm. We... We need the word. The word is the promise of God. So if we believe that, that God is taking us somewhere, the, these promises, we need, we need the word of God to get to glean, to apprehend the promises that he has for us. We're not just called to read the word. We're called to live the word. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> you know, I, uh, I was dialoguing with God yesterday. I was praying, and, and I had this, this humbly moment, and I was just, sometimes we, we pinch ourselves here a lot, what God's done. You know, we're, we're just over a year old, and, 
And God's doing incredible things. Miracles are happening. Influence is, is being released. Uh, you know, incredible things that we have on our three-year vision, five-year vision plan are happening already. Which is awesome. And I love it. And I never want to say no to the favor, the breakthrough, the momentum of God. But sometimes we just pinch ourselves and go, wow, what is happening? This is amazing. Sometimes you're in a season of plowing where you have to make something happen. And other times you're in a season of holding on, <laughs> just trying to not mess it up. And uh, I feel like we're in the latter. But I was talking to God about this expansion and this, the, what he's doing. And this acceleration is the word. I said, God, so amazing. But why all this acceleration? Have you ever just been undone by the sim- simplicity of his purposes, I said, God, all this acceleration, what's going on? And he simply said this, he said, I'm just trying to get you to where I need you to be. <laughs> oh, right, oh, yeah. Like, what am I saying? It was like, it was like, what you think is amazing, it is, but to him, he's like, I'm just trying to get you to the starting gate. He's like, I've got plans for you. I've got influence. You, you say you want to have impact on the city. Yes, let's get there. I'm just trying to get you to where you need to be so we can do what we need to do. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Revival. Thank you, Jesus. There's, there's, a lot of, um, there's a lot of things that have happened in Christian, there's a lot of moves of God that have happened. There's a lot of amazing things that have happened. There's a lot of ama- things that started amazing and then went sideways. Yeah. You know, there was, a, there was an incredible uh, move of God in the, in the late 40s and early 50s. Uh, the, the, this healing outpouring that happened in our nation and, and revival tents were taken all over the country. And, uh, you know, Catherine Kuhlman and Oral Roberts and William Branham and all these incredible revivalists. If you don't know these names, do yourself a favor and look them up. But, you know, the, I mean, some of the most profound anointings that you've heard of in our modern era. Like some of these guys, they had plastic tarps rolled out at the altar because tumors would just fall off of people's bodies. <laughs> Listen, (laughs) I could tell most of you never thought of that before. (laughs) Listen, that's a whole nother set of problems, right? Like, what do we do with all the tumors that have fallen off on the floor? And they lit, no joke, they would have have to have plastic tarts. Amy Simple McPherson in uh, Los Angeles, the ambulances would go to her meetings before they would go to the hospital. They knew if a meeting was happening, they would take the sick there before they would go to the hospital. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Whoa. And, uh, but not all these amazing men and women of God ended well. That incredible ministries, they didn't all end well, but it's, it's said that Oral Roberts and Kenneth Hagin had this, had this conversation, and Oral, they, were, they were in a meeting, and they, they sometimes would all get together, and multiple of them in the same meetings and tent meetings with thousands and thousands of people, and Oral Roberts turned to Kenneth Hagin and said, you know, this isn't going to all end well. 
He said, you and I are going to be okay because we're grounded in the word. Whew. How many people don't want to just start well? We want to end well. Come on, thank you, Jesus. We want to do revival well. The Word of God helps us do Do we have those slides? This is just for fun. There's a, we, <laughs> potty training, you're doing it wrong. Here you go, the next one. <laughs> Hearing protection, <laughs> you're doing it wrong. Go to the next one. <laughs> <laughs> you are doing it wrong. Go to the next one. That's it. That's it. That's all of them. Okay. You should have come up with the next one. No. <clears throat> but listen, those are funny, but when it comes to revival, we don't want to do it wrong. When it comes to representing heaven, we don't want to do it wrong. And it's not a test. It's a relationship. But, the, but we have to be not just empowered. We have to be grounded. Come on, thank you. Come on, just help me out. Like this is, like this is good stuff right here. <laughs> so the revival, what we're ex experiencing, has to come out of a love affair, out of a relationship, not just with the presence, but with His Word. How do we how do we glean His full measure from His Word, from the Word? You know, first, we need to realize that it's an invitation, not just a story. That, that God is, at, that he's inviting us to step into something. We're not just reading a good story, amen? If it's a story, at best, we celebrate someone else's victory, and at worst, we don't even accept it as reality. Oh, thank you, Jesus. But if it's an invitation, we, we take it personally, and we read it as something that we're meant to step into. Do you know, I love, to look at, I love to look at the Word as the Bible as a playbook, not a storybook. <laughs> and, and what do I mean by that? I mean, a playbook as in, you know, sports, and you have, you have a playbook in sports that you need to that you need to learn you're not just you're not just expected to know it you're expected to execute it <laughs> you know there's a lot of people that read the word just to know stuff <laughs> how many people know that just knowing stuff doesn't change everything and and you know there's there's a difference between playing a sport, and cheering on a team. <laughs> I, like, I like football. You know, I like watching football. I like watching UT. I, play, I played three years of college football. I played two, a junior college, and I, play, I played a year for UT, El Paso. Um <laughs> As a, as a red shirt walk on, and then I never went back. So now that you're thoroughly impressed with my athletic acumen, 
<laughs> but, there's, but there's a difference between just cheering on the team and being on the team. And do we, do we read the Bible like it's a good story? And we're, we're cheering on someone else's victory. Someone else's breakthrough. Like, yeah, that's a good story. Woohoo, way to go. <laughs> or, are we, or are we reading it like a playbook? Like, this is for me. Like, I'm reading it today because I'm going to be expected to execute it tomorrow. You know, if that's true, we read it very differently. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> you, you know that you're reading it as a playbook when you're challenged to do what it says. There's so much, there's so much amazing, incredible stuff in there. But if we're not careful, we can read this. We've read the stuff so many times it loses its punch. Like we read about people being raised from the dead just like we're reading the Sunday paper. When's the last time you read about someone being raised from the dead in the Bible and you were convicted and challenged? Like, man, I got to go find some dead people. <laughs> some of you think I'm joking. <laughs> a side story, but I... I I had a friend, we were uh, in the school of ministry or, or just graduated, and we, and we had literally had that conviction. We're like, man, we want to see people raised from the dead. In order to see people raised from the dead, you have to pray for dead people. And we're like, we never see any dead people. Like, we live in America. Like, they're not, just not around, you know? Like, they get scooped up quickly. And so we did. It's true. It's true. It's different in Africa. Like, like but, but literally, we started praying for the opportunity to pray for dead people. And you know, in a three-month period of time, we got to pray for five dead people. Whoa. <laughs> Why? Because God is into our growth. God takes it serious. You know, and we didn't see any of those five raised from the dead, but that's okay because every time that we press into an opportunity, it makes us stronger for the next one. That God is training us, he's growing us. And we didn't see those people raised from the dead, but I've seen one person raised from the dead. And there was, there was a meeting, there was a meeting that we were at, and uh and it was during ministry time, and, and I was, I was, it was years ago, I was, I was not the speaker, I was like the armor bearer for the guy who was speaking, and he had this crazy healing anointing, and I was hungry, and I'm like, you got what I want, I'm going everywhere you go, and I would just follow him around, and hold his Bible, and hold his bags, and just learn from him, and, and but we're doing this meeting, so I'm not, I'm definitely not the expert in the room. But uh, it's the meeting's over. Ministry time had been happening for a while. It's like the very end. Like most people have already trickled out of the, the building, and and on the on sitting right about here, this lady has a heart attack. 
And she literally, duh, it's like, it was, you know, that, that stunned moment. The whole room just stops, and she's like, she's literally dies in front of us. And, uh, she goes out on the floor, and there's a nurse there. She runs over. She's not breathing. She has no pulse, and call 911, and the whole room is just, like, staring in shock. Nobody's moving. And this nurse is trying to resuscitate her and do the whole thing, and she's like, she's dead. There's no pulse. She's not breathing. And I'm standing here on the ministry line, <laughs> and, this, and this thing just rose up in me. I, I didn't expect it. I didn't call for it in that moment, but I had been in a season of calling for it. And this thing rose up in me, and it was like, not on my watch. And without, without my body moved, without my head knowing what was happening. You ever had that happen before? And I, and I walk straight up to her, and she's out on the ground. The nurse is doing her thing. And I said, I rebuke the spirit of death in Jesus' name. And she goes, ah, coughs. <laughs> Sits up. Don't get too excited yet because she dies again. So I said again, I said, I rebuke the spirit of death in Jesus' name. Again, she coughs and sits up and then dies again. The third time I said it, she coughs and sits up and stays. Stays awake, stays alive. She was, she was old, a feisty old lady. She was in her 70s. And, uh, and by the time the ambulance got there, she refused to go in the ambulance. She said, oh, I'm not getting in there. They're going to charge me money. And... Uh, and she literally was going to drive herself home. Somebody finally convinced her to at least let someone else drive her home. Thank you, Jesus. Ha, 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 ha. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> you know you're reading the word as a playbook when you're challenged to do what it says. You know, just even preparing this message, I'm like, I've never walked on water. And it doesn't bother me enough. That side didn't get it. That's, that's right. Listen. Oh, never mind. Thank you, Jesus. Do we, do we believe what it says? Are we cheering on someone else's story? Or are we reading it as our story? Because I was just, we just had a class with Chad Owens the other day, and he made a statement about we're, we've gotten good at being sons and daughters, but not as good at being princes and princesses. But I had this thought as he, as he said that, like, listen, if you're not acting like a prince, then you don't really believe that your father is a king. Whoa, thank you, Jesus. Listen, you know, you know, when you're reading the word, it's okay to start from the end of the book. <laughs> I don't mean read it backwards. I mean start with the end in mind. You know, in 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 the natural, we don't we don't want to hear we don't want to hear the end of a story. Don't tell me the end of the movie. Don't tell me the end of the book. Why? Because it ruins the drama of the story unpacking. But guess what? This is real life. We don't want the drama. I thought it was a good point. Now listen, listen. We don't want the drama. 
I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how it's going to end. I don't know who wins. No, we know who wins. We know how it ends. We know the end of the story. And what is that supposed to do? It's supposed to embed us with confidence to move out, not just as sons and daughters, but as princes and princesses. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) You know, the challenge for us in the West, I believe, is not that we need, it's not that we need to know more, it's that we need to expect more from what we already know. I guarantee you that, that at least 99% of the people in this room right now, you know enough to change the world. If you believed what you knew, if you lived what you knew, if you engaged with what you knew, if you acted on what you knew, I love you. <laughs> Whoa, thank you, Jesus. I've said this so many times because it's really, it's really a powerful truth. An encounter with the word is an encounter. Look, we're talking about having a love affair with the word because it is what is going to sustain us as we're going where God is taking us. And, you know, there's, we do the comparison thing so well, you know. Like, why don't I have an encounter like Johnny is on the floor shaking and vibrating and looks like he's getting electrocuted. And, you know, why don't I, you know, have an encounter like Sally and, you know. But, and we discount, we discount every time we're reading the word and God, and it's like the word comes alive. It sits up. It's like, it's like it, you know, it breathes into you. It sits up. It kisses you. Like, that is God, the creator, God of the universe, encountering you in his word. Do you know what that's called? An encounter. And there's people who are encountering God who are walking around saying, I never encounter God. But what you give thanks for in the kingdom grows. So if you go around having this experience on Monday and then on Tuesday make the confession, I never encounter God, you're actually minimizing what he wants to do. But if you appreciate, oh my goodness, the God of the universe just spoke to me through his word. It breathed life into me. I can feel it. If you appreciate it, it will increase. Thank you, Jesus. Because faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. Thank you, Jesus. You know, the qualifying factor of an encounter, of a, if it's a genuine encounter or not, is how deeply it changes you. You know, there's there's people that have the the reported, you know, I had six angels come into my room last night and you know they fed me a scroll and it tasted like honey. I'm like, great, did it change you? Because if it didn't change you, it probably wasn't a genuine encounter. But listen, if you can have an encounter with the word of God. <laughs> then it should be changing you. Thank you, Father. 
Hebrews 4.12, one of my favorite verses. For the word of God is living and powerful, or active, depending on your translation, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and is the discerner and the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Hebrews 4.12. I have a quote here from Elizabeth Elliot, and she says this, The word of God I think of as a straight edge, which shows up which shows up our crookedness. We can't really tell how crooked our thinking is until we line it up with the straight edge of Scripture. Oh, thank you, Jesus. The, the Word of God is living and active. Living and active. Do you know that, that we're called not just to read the word, but to live the word. And we're called not just to, not just to know the word, but to glean from the word. How many people know that God is the treasure and his word is the map? That we're called to dig and dig. The, the word of God is living and powerful. Do you know that word powerful or, or active in the Greek is energies, where we get our word energy. And it literally, it, it means, it means uh, like energy is released into something that gives it power. You plug, you plug in this power tool, and once you plug it in, it's connected to the electricity, it now has power. Power to work, but that but work can also be accomplished. Now listen, we can read the word through the through the servant lens or the work lens, and that promise can be the power for work. Which means I have something I now have to do for God. Or we can read it through the grace lens, through the sonship lens, and it can mean. The word, the word of God has life and energy to accomplish. Power to work or energy to accomplish. It's the same language. Different lens. You're called to dig and keep on digging. Life and energy to accomplish what it lays out as promises for the sons of God. Thank you, Jesus. How many people know the word is alive? Hmm. How many people know it has energy? Listen, the word of God is alive and it has energy to accomplish what it set out to do. It has energy to accomplish, to bring to, bring to pass the promises that it holds. Thank you, Jesus. The, the word of God right now is releasing Energy releasing grace to accomplish the miraculous in cancer cells dissolving. Right now. I can feel it. It's releasing energy. It's releasing grace in the atmosphere, life into the atmosphere for equilibrium in the inner ear to be restored. For hearing loss to disappear. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Whoa. Thank you, Jesus. 
Listen, the Word of God is living and active. So if the Word of God is not releasing life and energy into us, then we're doing it wrong. I thought it was funny. The guy, the guy up there, the hearing, hearing protection, he's got the gun to his. No, you're doing it wrong. Listen, when it comes to revival, we don't want to do it wrong. The Word of God is what keeps us grounded. But the Word of God is supposed to be releasing life. Somebody say life. life. The Word of God is supposed to be releasing energy into us. Somebody say energy. energy. So when you come to the Word of God, if you're finding life and you're finding energy, you're doing it right. If you come to the Word of God and you're not finding life and you're not finding energy, then there's somewhere you have to grow. Thank you, Jesus. The Word keeps on giving if we keep on digging. Whoa, can I just be honest? I feel like that God, and listen, this is an extension of what I preached two weeks ago. I feel like that God is restoring a love affair with His Word for some people in the room right here. And in fact, if I can be prophetic right now, I feel like God is restoring this love affair because he needs you to get this to grow us all to where we need to go. Because we don't want to just start well. We want to end well. The word keeps on giving if we keep on digging. Thank you, Jesus. Ephesians 3.20, that, that Ephesians 3, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond all that we ask, think, or imagine according to his power... That works in us. I'll use that scripture all the time. It's one of my favorites. Do you know that the word power there actually refers to miraculous power? And the, and the power that works in us, that word is, it's an energy that empowers. Just like I referenced when you, when you put batteries in the toy, now it works. When you plug in the power tool to the electrical source, now it works. God who is able to do exceedingly abundantly, beyond all that we ask, think, or imagine, according, according to his life-giving energy that's in, at work in us. What do we just read? Hebrews 4.12, the word of God is living and active. How do you step into this place where God is doing exceedingly, abundantly, beyond all we can ask, think, or imagine? you got to get in the word until that life-giving energy is flowing in and through you. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Teaching should not be your ultimate source, but an inspiration for exploration. Teaching should not be your ultimate source, but an inspiration for, for exploration. Listen, the, the day of the one-man show, the day of the man of God is over. He's not raising up a man of God, he's raising up the people of God. 
Come on, thank you, Jesus. And I, and I pray that every week that the encouraging, uh, insightful, powerful things come forth from this stage, but that shouldn't be your ultimate source. That should just be something that stirs you for more. That should be something like, whoa, what did he say? Oh, my goodness, let me, let me dig into that. Let me find out some more. Let me, and then you come back with, whoa, did you know also this and this and this too? And that's how we grow each other. Iron sharpens iron. Thank you, Jesus. We need, we need to take personal responsibility for our relationship with the Word. Ooh, that just felt good to say. <laughs> Turn to your neighbor and tell him, I think he's talking to you. <laughs> I guess that kind of defies personal responsibility, doesn't it? It's just, just, just put your hand in your heart and say, actually, I think he's talking to you. Listen, personal responsibility for our relationship with the word, personally diving in, personally understanding exegesis and hermeneutics. Exegesis is what the author meant then and there. Hermeneutics is what it means for us here and now. Very user-friendly, but we need to come to the word like it's a playbook, not a story. And we need to dive in, like, what is the author saying? Then and there, in that context, in, in that day, in that age, and then when I get that, what does that mean for me here and now? Thank you, Jesus. You know, everyone should be teaching the word. I'm going to say that again. Everyone should be teaching the word. That doesn't mean that you're going called the full-time ministry. It doesn't mean that you're, you need to have a microphone. That means that you should be breaking off fresh bread somewhere in your life and feeding someone. If you have, if you have children, you should be teaching them the word. If you got co-workers, you should be teaching them the word. If you have friends, family, you should be sharing from the word. Because we all know the saying, the best way to learn is to I'll try over here. The best way to learn is to teach. We all, we all know it's true. But something amazing happens when you're, you're digging into the playbook, into the, this is what I'm supposed to execute, and you're learning stuff, and you, and you share it with somebody. And you go, man, look what I just discovered in the Word. This, is, this thing, and, and they go, that's awesome, but what about this? And you go, oh, I don't know. Let me go find out. And you go, and you end up digging some more. And you come out a better student and more grounded. Where are you teaching the word? I just want to, I want to drop this in there. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, I just felt the Holy Spirit. Moving as uh, whoa, as we're coming near to the close, in the last 45 minutes. (laughs) 
could, I could feel like, I could feel that this, uh, this anointing for a love affair in the atmosphere. It's like, it's like perfume or pulpery. Wow. Well, my desire, my desire is not that I give you information that changes you. My desire is that I give you something that stirs you to have a love affair with the Word of God again. Thank you, Jesus. And on that note, I feel like I just need to put this in there. there listen, there's, there's no all-encompassing one best translation ever. There's a lot of really good translations and no one all-encompassing best translation. It's like, what translation do you read? Whatever one is working. <laughs> and the reality is that we all should be reading several translations. It's part of the fun. It's part of the exploration. It's part of the digging. It's part of the treasure map. It's part of the like, oh, what are you, how are they saying this? What are they saying? What gold nugget is in this one that was left out of that one? And what about this one? And what when I put them all together? And do you know why there's no one best translation? Because it's the way language works. It's not, a, it's not word for word. It's concept to concept. Because language in two different languages never line up precisely. For example, the Greek has, have, has words that we don't have. We have words they don't have. And there isn't an exact, exact, it's, it's, it's understanding. What's the concept? It's that exegesis. What, are, what is the author meaning by what they're saying? And then how do I capture that meaning and translate it into a language that you understand? Can I give you an example? A verse that that we all know and love. That, oh, I, sh I shared this six, six months ago, but Numbers 6, it's the, uh, the priestly blessing. And the Lord, Numbers 6, starting in 22, and the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to Aaron and his son, saying, this is the way you shall bless the children of Israel. Say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. How many people love that verse, that blessing? But it talks about the word, the word face here. The Lord, in verse 25, the Lord make his face shine upon you. And the, verse, the next verse, 26, the Lord lift up his countenance upon you. Do you know that in Hebrew, the word face and the word countenance is the same word? It's the same word. But did you know that that same word, which is panim, is translated out of Hebrew into our English over 140 different ways? 140 different ways. That's one word. And so what's the best translation? All of them. Get 16 of them and get started. <laughs> and listen, it, why, why? Because it's concept to concept. It's like, well, why can't they just pick, pick a word to, to translate that? Pick the best one. Listen, just for example, I said there's 140, 
over 140 different words that that's translated into. But just an example of some of them. It's translated ahead, it's translated before, it's translated face or faces, it's translated presence, it's translated sight, it's translated against, towards, favor. That's just some of them. How many people know that those don't all make sense when you just read it verbatim? The thing is, is what is it trying to say? It's actually, it's actually talking about the proximity of someone or something. The proximity. So it can be favor because it, in, in those days when you would come before the king, you, they would bestow favor upon you. It can be translated face because when you come face to face with someone. It could be ahead because you go, here, you get in line in front of me and you go ahead of me. It can be favor, it could be face, it could be before, it could be ahead, it could be all these things because what it's actually talking about is the proximity in the literal, but the interpretation depends on the context. Thank you, Jesus. He's talking about proximity. It's one of the one of the one of the ways that it's translated 131 times is translated as presence. Presence. Because it's talking about this space. It's talking about being in the presence of someone with their attention. It's not just like, oh yeah, I was in the same mall, I was in the same room, there's 500 people in the room, I was in the same room. No, it's talking about this intentionality. You're in, you're in, their, you're in their space with their te- attention. It's translated 131 times as presence. So what happens if we read it again, but we use the word presence? Speak to Aaron and his son, saying, this is the way you shall bless the children of Israel. Say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord let his presence shine upon you. (laughs) And be gracious to you. The, The Lord lift up and let his presence rest upon you. And give you peace. Come on. The word keeps on giving when we keep on digging. Thank you, Jesus. Listen, we're closing here, but you can't be faithful with the promises of God if you're not faithful with the word of God. Because the word of God are the promises of God. Thank you, Jesus. Another quote. Two more quotes and we'll end here. The word of God well understood and religiously obeyed is the shortest route to to spiritual perfection. And we must not select a few favorite passages to the exclusion of others. Nothing less than a whole Bible can make a whole Christian. A.W. Tozer. Come on, how applicable is that to our present day and age that we need to break this thing where people are like I'll take that verse and that verse this verse but I'll leave that one over there for someone else no the whole bible 
for a whole Christian. Come on, thank you, Jesus. And Charles Spurgeon says, no one ever outgrows the scripture. The book widens and deepens with our years. It keeps giving as we keep digging. Thank you, Jesus. Whoa, thank you, Father. And we, can we let God just come and deepen our love affair with his word? Because listen, <laughs> I'm excited about people being raised from the dead. You know, you don't sound as excited as I, as I feel inside. I'll try over here. Listen, I'm excited about people being raised from the dead. I'm, a, I'm, ex, I'm excited about tumors falling off of bodies. I'm excited about blind eyes opening. I'm excited about deaf ears opening. I'm excited about people getting out of wheelchairs. I'm excited about God showing up in the city outside the four walls. I'm excited about all these things, about impacting education healthcare, government. I'm excited about all these things, and all these things is where God is taking us. <laughs> but he can only sustain us there if we're grounded in the word of God, if we're in love with his word. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Thank you. I'm excited about all those things happening. You know, in England, uh, we were talking about a lady uh, was scheduled for hip surgery. Already had the had the surgery on the calendar, and God healed her in a moment in the back of the room. And and she takes off running. She does a lap around the running around the sanctuary. Why? Because God is good, and His word never returns void. And in the, the same meeting, a man had a screw, a large screw that protruded out of his knee just disappear. Whoa. Because God is good. Whoa. Because God is good and his word never returns void. We're going to let God breathe on us and increase a love, a love affair with the word, a passion for the word, an excitement for the word, a desire to explore, a desire to dig, a desire to understand, a desire to seek out, and a desire not to read someone else's story, but a desire to read a playbook and to let it stir us again. Let it stir us again. Oh, right. I'm supposed to heal the sick. All right, I'm supposed to be a witness to the end of the earth. All right, I'm supposed to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Whoa. All right, I'm supposed to forgive seven times 77. I'm, I'm the one. This is my playbook because this is my Jesus because this is my revival. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Whoa, God's in the room, and his word never returns void. Have you got any of those conditions I mentioned before? If you have cancer, or you know someone close to you that has cancer, I want you to stand up. If you have hearing loss or equilibrium condition, I want you to stand up. 
hearing loss, deafness, tinnitus. I want you to stand up. Thank you, Jesus. If GERD means something, ulcer means something, uh, I, want you to, I want you to stand to your feet. I also saw God healing. Um, yes, his grace can heal back pain, and all, but I saw specifically where there was injury to the vertebrae that has caused like fusion or calcification or vertebrae have become hard either in the spine and also actually in the in the pelvis area and mobility has become difficult or restricted if that's you just stand up thank you jesus i saw scars disappearing whoa this is the point where we're supposed to be excited because his word is about to not return void. Wow. The kingdom is about to expand. Come on. The violent are about to take it by force. His goodness is about to be released. His testimony is about to be declared. His goodness is about to be witnessed. Thank you, Jesus. I also mentioned the head trauma, uh, the migraines, uh, head trauma of any kind with with uh, lasting symptoms, but also uh, migraines and the cross-eyed thing. Any of those things mean something to you? I want you to stand to your feet. Thank you, Jesus. Arthritis, the carpal tunnel, stand to your feet. Thank you, Jesus. Whoa. Come on. <laughs> Whoa. God, I thank you that your presence is in the room. Thank you that your presence is in the room. Let it rest on us. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Listen, if you're not standing, you are carrying the word of God. If you know Jesus, he is the word. <laughs> he is the word. You are carrying the word. If you're not standing, you're the ministry team right now. I want you to go, and I, listen, I don't want you to pray your best polished, expert, theological 15-minute prayer. I want you to realize that His Word is good, that His promises are true, that His Word never returns void. And I want you, I want you to wait on the presence for a second, and then I want you to release your 15-second prayer that carries the revelation that it's not going to return void. Come on, go. let's go find somebody who's, if you're standing for prayer, put your hand up so we know who the targets are. Thank you, Father. Now, I don't know why it got so somber in the room, but listen... Listen, if you read your word, you know that seriousness is not a fruit of the Spirit. Come on, listen, listen. Seriousness is not a fruit of the Spirit, but joy is. Come on, somebody say thank you, Jesus. Oh, come on, somebody say thank you, Jesus. Seriousness is not a fruit of the Spirit. God doesn't call us experts. He calls us children. 
Listen, I can feel it. You have your expert hat on. Knock that off. Knock that off. Knock that off. Put your childlike hat on right now and release joy. Release joy into somebody's body right now. Release joy. Listen, God doesn't need your ability. He needs your agreement and he needs your surrender. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. We release grace into bodies right now in Jesus' name. Come on. As a child, a child of faith, as not just a son, but as a prince, not just a daughter, but a princess, I want you to make a declaration over their body right now that won't return void. Come on. You make a, you make a declaration. Say, cancer cells, I command you to disappear right now in Jesus' name. Speak to their body. Arthritis. I command you to go right now in the name of Jesus. Come on. Come on. Deafness and hearing loss and tinnitus, I command you to flee in the name of Jesus. Uh, ears, we say pop in Jesus' name. Migraines, disappear in Jesus' name. Neuropathy, vanish in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Ulcers, uh, disappear in the name of Jesus. Be healed. Come on, release joy on somebody right now. Release joy on somebody. We speak to those vertebrae. We speak to the spine and to the and to the hips, to the pelvis, bones, and we say, be loosed right now in Jesus' name. Calcification, we say, disappear right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, release some love. Ten seconds left. I feel like, I feel like it's way too serious in the room. Here's what I want you to do. Of the last ten seconds, I want you to laugh over their body right now. Laugh over, laugh over the, listen, not, not flipping. Wait. Hold on, time out, time out, time out, time out. Listen, not flippantly, not as in I can't think of anything else to say. Listen, because we've read the end of the story. Because we've read the end of the book. Listen, because we know his promises are true. They're yes and amen because we know his word never returns void because we know he already paid the price. Somebody say already. He already paid the price because we know who wins now. With that, I want you one more time laugh over their body. Laugh over, over where they need healing, where they need breakthrough because we know how the story ends. We know how the story ends. We know how the story ends. In Jesus' name. Now listen. Listen. Shh. Look up here. Look up here. Listen, I know we're gonna get we're gonna get testimonies back. Sometimes you gotta go and get a doctor's report. Sometimes you gotta go and 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 check your bodies in ways that you can't right here and that's fine I know we'll get testimonies back but I want you to check your body right now 
I want you to look for what God is doing, not what he, he hasn't done yet. Listen, if you got prayer, or listen, even if you didn't get prayer, there is a ricochet, such thing as a ricochet miracle. I want you to check your body. Now, listen, I love it when I say that and nobody moves. I want you to check your body. Like bend, move, twist, jump up and down. Have someone whisper in your, have them snap. Like, come on. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Do a somersault, do a backflip, do a cartwheel. Do something. Move, move your neck. Check your body right now. Thank you, Jesus. Good. You're looking for what God has done. Okay, shh, shh, shh. His word never returns void. We got to close so parents can get their children. But how many people right now you could say you could tell some measure of breakthrough just came to your body tonight? Just being in the presence, being in prayer. Put your hand all the way up and just begin to wave like this. Listen, please. Don't do a half elbow. Put it all the way up. Again, put it up and just begin to wave. Begin to wave because we need to see what God is doing. We got to see what God is doing in our midst. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Anyone you'd say is 40% better or more, keep waving. Come on, keep waving. 60% better or more, keep waving. Come on, 80% better or more, keep waving. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Thank you, Father. Listen. God is good. Put your hand on your heart. Listen. His word never returns void. And his word says, we have not because we ask not. Listen, I want you. Look, I don't want you to, to approach this through works. I go, okay, now I got to go and I got to make myself love the word more. No. That servant mentality, sonship, I just want you to ask God to give you a greater love for the word right now. And Father, we thank you for that in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. Come on, let's give praise to Jesus tonight. Let's give praise to Jesus. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com.